Welcome, all you commanders, eagles, and angels. This is Rainbird, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Tara and Rama's Hard News on Friday night on BBS Radio Station 1. We're grateful that you're joining us here tonight. We'd like to take a few minutes to get into that heart space and set that tone for the evening. So let's take a few gentle breaths. Breathe into your nose, out through your mouth, slowly and gently. Well, whatever breathing protocol you like to use, it's fine. As we go into our heart space, we gather with our guides and guardians, our healing teams, our spirit teams, our ancestors, our totems, whoever you like to join that dream time with, the Kimi drum, that world bridger. And I hear that drum calling. So let us gather around. There's a council fire it's in the center. Let's gather around that council fire. In that virtual way we know how to do. Coming close. Make that perfect circle. As we call in the seven galactic directions in the Mayan tradition, as the Kimi drum is the Mayan <laughs> drum. <laughs> so here we go. Mm-hmm. 
welcome from the east, the house of light. May wisdom open in the dawn that is upon us, so that we may see things clearly. We welcome from the north, the house of night. May wisdom mature among us, so that we may see everything from within. from the West, the house of transformation. May wisdom be transformed into right action so that we might accomplish what must be done. And we greet from the South, the house of eternal sun. May right action give us the harvest so that we might enjoy the fruit of the planetary being. We welcome from above the house of paradise, where the star people and the ancestors gather. May their blessings reach us now. Welcome from below the house of Earth. May the beating of the crystal planet heart bless us with its harmony so that we might end war. And we welcome the center, source of the galaxy, which is everywhere at once. May everything be recognized as the light of mutual love. I am Hunaku, even Maya, even Ho. I am Hunaku, even Maya, even Ho. I am Hunaku, even Maya, even Ho. All hail the harmony of mind and nature. And just stay wherever that drum beat took you. Just take a few moments to look at the Mayan record of days for today and for the week ahead. This being the <clears throat> summer solstice day for um, Australia or the down under people. <laughs> and uh, it is this day of the blue spectral night in the wave of the Skywalker. Ben, we're in the wave of Ben, that Skywalker, and we're today is that blue spectral night that's an 11 Akbar. It's kin number 63. That spectral 11 tone is about releasing, liberation, and dissolve are its key descriptive words. In Akbar, 
can be described with dream, intuition, and abundance. So, that mantra for today is for this blue spectral night, I dissolve in order to dream, releasing intuition. I seal the input of abundance with the spectral tone of liberation. I am guided by my own power doubled. So it's a double night, double dreams. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, an akbal. So, um, the antipode or the challenge teacher is the Skywalker, Ben. So it's also the wave of Ben, the Skywalker. And the ally, the analog, is Keed, the warrior. And the occult guide is Etnam, the mirror. And, and then a, a, the guide for Akbal is, which is devil, is the devil Akbal because it's that's the guide is Akbal. So Akbal, Akbal, <laughs> night, night. Um, and then Skywalker is our challenge teacher. The warrior is our, our guide, our <clears throat> helper. And that our occult god is the mirror, Etnav. So there we go. That's the destiny chart for today. And we'll be working with that mirror work tonight. And then moving on to tomorrow, is the 23rd of December, is a 12 con. It's a portal day. It's my galactic signature day, actually, so I know this one. <laughs> the yellow crystal seed. Yeah. Let's look at it closer. But I want to look at Akbal a bit closer, too. So let's just back up just for a minute. And and um, just discuss a little bit more about Akbal because it's an artist aspect and it's a double Akbal. So let's get this one. It's about our participation and uh, in our abundance and our belief in abundance. And it's about learning from the dream time. So it has those two aspects to it, which are really sweet. And. Uh, we have the gifts of the protection of the night with this energy. So, and we are the mystery of life. So, is this the night? So, let's let go of any self judgment or any withdrawal as we embrace these energies today. This artist aspect. Yeah. Now we'll talk about tomorrow. That four con. Four is the self existing seed. Was uh, the four. Is the sea and four tone is self existing, but the tone is the crystal tone. So this is a crystal sea. So we're we're working with this healing aspect of the sea with that crystal tone, which is quite fun. It's very complex. It's complex stability, as a matter of fact. It's three fours and four threes, and it's all working powerfully together. So. Um, we're working with Khan, and it's a healing aspect, and it's about our openness to life, the seed, it's the self-determination, it's about harmony seeking, and it's about timing, that timing know when, 
knows when, how, how much. <laughs> it has all that information in that tiny little feed. So with some precious gifts of that possibility and that potential of creation with the seed energy, if we let go of any stagnation, any lack of self-confidence, <laughs> any hesitation, or any lack of trust. So with some precious energies. And it's a portal day as well. So that's a <clears throat> powerful day tomorrow with this yellow crystal seed. And it's also an ember day in the, the 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 regular calendar so that just adds more to what you could do with this day <laughs> anyway let's look at um sunday move on to sunday it's the 13th chichang um and so that's the red cosmic ser- serpent and it's christmas eve day so we're working with that cosmic energy, that 13 tone, that promise of change. And Chik Chan is the serpent. This is great. We have that serpent energy around. It's a warrior aspect. And it's about remaining open to change and distinguishing between our body and soul. And it's about transmuting energy. So that's a that's a good thing to do. So let's embrace these gifts of that motivation to change, that instinct and body sensing. As we let go of any insecurity or any fears around intimacy or any issues about the body or any blockages by the ego, let go of that. And then moving on to Monday, it's Christmas and it's the Linker of Worlds, Kimi, another warrior aspect. So it's the <clears throat> the white magnetic world bridger for Christmas Day. <laughs> so we got a warrior aspect going and our our tasks for this day are forgiveness and moving into a state of grace. So we have the gift of being the world bridger. It's a gift day, so let's get these gifts down. Be that world bridger and bridge between the past and the future. And embrace that gift of transmutation as we let go of that which is no more. Let go of the ego, let go of any controlling behavior, and let go of the belief that life is a struggle. As we celebrate Christmas Day, we have these energies working with us. So, uh, yeah, work with Kimi on Monday. And then moving on to Tuesday, which is a blue lunar hand, it's a two Monique. It's also Boxing Day. It's also the full moon at 7.33 p.m. in Cancer. And it's also the beginning of the Kwanzaa holidays. And so let's look at that blue hand again. It's a healing aspect. And it's the magnetic tone, so that means that it'll carry that energy for the whole 13 days with that, that energy of doing that healing work for the next 13 days. What a good way to end up the year in this wave. So we're working with this healing aspect in, in that healing of self and others. We're creating contentment and peace, and we're working with the acceptance of the divinity of ourselves. So let's embrace these gifts of being the healer of humankind and that ability to open new doors 
if we let go of any distraction or belief in inadequacy or any procrastination. Embrace these energies on Tuesday and then on Wednesday is the three Lamotte, the yellow electric star. And so that electric tone is activating and the star is a visionary aspect. Visionary aspect is the stargate. So we're activating the stargate. Let's do that on Wednesday as we work with the illumination of humankind and open that stargate. We embrace these gifts of journeying, the pioneer spirit, and having the power to see beyond the gate. So let's let go of any dissonance, any self-doubt as we embrace these energies on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, it's another portal day, two portal days this week. So it's a form of look, and that's the the red self-existing moon. So that moon is full and or is on Tuesday night, so it's pretty full. And it's a portal day. And we're working with that self-existing tone and that four tone. And so that's a solid basis to work with this artist aspect of the moon as we work with that wise use of rational mind and accepting spirit's direction. I see listen. And we embrace these gifts of having that contact with spirit and remembering what we came here to do. And working with the universal mind as our mind and working with telepathy. So we let go of any insensitivity, any attachment to omens or any self-doubt as we embrace these energies on Thursday. And then on Friday when we come back, it's the white dog, the white overtone dog. This is an artist aspect. And... uh it's about it's about working with unconditional love and, and healing the pain of the past. So let's embrace the gifts of that contact with our spirit guides and awareness of our destiny and awareness of our past lives. And that gift of our loyalty to humankind. That dog knows how to loyal how to teach us loyalty, that's for sure. So let's let go of any fears or any unwise use of anger as we embrace these energies next Friday and we'll talk about it again next Friday when we come back. So that's it for the Mayan week. we got the portal day tomorrow, that crystal seed, and we've got that portal day on Wednesday with the moon. No, Thursday, excuse me. The self-existing moon. <laughs> that's the best one to use. And uh, there we go. It's a, Powerful week with Christmas and Boxing Day and Kwanzaa and uh, the full moon. There's a lot going on, and we know there's plenty of energy to back it up. So stay with it. Keep on keeping on. And I'm going to change my hat. As we are a listener-supported radio program, it's each each of us that make it happen. And the radio costs us money each week, so we're going to collect money for that. And and I'm going to tell you how to do that and how to make a donation to our account at VBS Radio. We need um, $305 each week of this month. And we need $10 to finish out the second week and another 
610 to finish out the third and the fourth week. So that's $905 that we need for BDS radio. So as we can reach deep and, 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 and whatever we can afford, just send it in. <laughs> you need it a little. Every little bit counts. And if it's a lot, thank you for your generosity. And tis the gift, the season to be gifting. So we're grateful, grateful, grateful for all the gifts that come in. Here's how we do it. We go into our heart space and see what is ours to give. And then go to bbsradio.com. And there on the home page, there's a schedule for the programs, BBS Radio Station 1 and BBS Radio Station 2. We're on BBS Radio Station 1 on Thursdays and Friday nights at the 8 o'clock hour in Central Time. And as you look for that listing on that schedule for BBS Radio 1 on Thursday and Friday, you'll see on Thursdays the night at the roundtable with the panel. And on Fridays, this program, The Hard News on Friday Night with Tara and Rama. So, as you click on that icon that's there, that takes you directly to our account with BBS Radio. We're using your bank card. You can make a donation of any in any amount. So, that's, it's very simple, very easy to do that way. And thank you for taking that action. We have a program on BBS Radio, too, on Saturdays. It begins at the 3.30 hour. And it's the true history, history, and this era and our galactic origin. It's quite a long program, and it's never a dull moment. <laughs> it keeps your attention. So join us. And then as you click on that icon there, as you find that on the schedule, that takes you to our account as well. So any one of those three places, well, you can access that account, uh, Rainbow Roundtable, at BBS Radio Counting. <laughs> So thank you for taking that action, and uh, we appreciate all your gifts. And uh, that's how how we get to gather each week this way and archive the work that we do. And and so uh, lots of gratitude for all the ways you contribute and all the ways that you show up in your life. And thank you for contributing to Rainbow Roundtable with CBS Radio. We're grateful. So we're also assisting Tara and Rama with their needs. And this week they just need $200 to cover what they need for cat food and gas and people food uh, and and cat litter. All the things that they need can be covered with $200. So... Thank you for uh, taking care of them as well, and we're grateful for all your donations. And here's how we make a donation to the Rainbow Roundtable, Tara and Rama, at the PayPal account. So you can go to the web address, which is rainbowroundtable.net, N-E-T, and um, as you Click on the, the uh, as you see on the home page, the donate link will be on the right-hand side of the bar that you saw has the menu across the top. And then if you're on another device and has that menu grid, just click on that and near the bottom of that list, you'll see a donate link. Click on that donate link and that takes you directly to the Rainbow Roundtable PayPal account. 
or you can make a donation in any amount using your bank card. If you want to access the Friends option, you have to have this email address, so write this down. This is how you do the Friends option. You need to put in the Rainbow Roundtable um, email address that Rama uses there, and this, this way it, it gets the, uh, do, does the Friends option, and it's not a commercial change for goods and services. It, it is what it is. <laughs> It's a gift for the services. Yeah. So here it is. It's Koran, K O R A N, 999949 at hotmail.com. And I'll say it again Koran, 9999 at hotmail.com. Put that in there in the gift section. If you can't figure out how to do the gift, just go to support and they'll tell you. Um, you can figure it out that way because it's not as obvious as it used to be, but <clears throat> but it's you can it's very doable and simple. Once you once you do it once, and pretty much always comes up for gifting the next time. So thank you for choosing that option. Either way is perfect. We're grateful for all your donations, and we also would like for you to email Rama what what you sent and when you sent it. And this is his uh, email for that contact. So it's Koran, K-O-R-A-N, 999-39 at Comcast.net. And then also, as you need it, there's a mailing address, and it is as follows. Ron D. Berkowitz, R-A-M-D Berkowitz, B-E-R-K-O-W-I-T-Z, Post Office Box 280-280, and that's in Santa Cruz, New Mexico, 87567 is the zip, and there you have it. I'll say it again. Post Office Box 280-280, and that's Santa Cruz, New Mexico, 87567 is the zip. So 13 thank yous, honey in the heart, long life, no evil, and... <laughs> I passed this talking stick. Oh, my God. Well, it's not, it's, it's a talking stick, but it kind of looks like a candy cane. It's all wrapped in red and and white, and it looks kind of minty to me. So I think it's a candy cane. And it's got all kinds of stories and feathers stuck all over it. <laughs> Dicky. <laughs> and then there's, all kinds of magic and magical beasts and unicorns and dragons and the, and the, <clears throat> using the dragons to light all the candles. And so there's a lot going on in lots of different... Oh, there's a reindeer with red nose. Guess you can figure out who that is. So greetings, Tara and Rama. Here comes the stick. It's full of surprises. Greetings. I get it. It's a giddy time to be around. <laughs> Thank you, Rainbird. Thank, Thank you, you, everyone. Yeah, I feel so, yeah, uplifted. Happy winter solstice. Happy Merry winter Christmas. Solstice. It's very strong energy. Yes. Oh. Rainbird, is that you? <laughs> okay. Um, 
so Rama, mm. what did you do today? What did you have in your experience? Oh, today? I just told you. Yeah. to read this? Sure. Okay. All right. Um, so, I went up Santa up Santa Fe Trail. Old. Old Santa Fe Trail. Right. And sat with four deer and two crows at 11.40 a.m. late this morning. They said intuitively to me, Lord Rama, the energies are very, very intense right now, and big changes are happening right now. Then I received a text message from the King of Swords and Lady Natasha, Lady Natasha, oh, I see, at 11.50 a.m., they said to me, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Lord Rama. There are huge energies pouring in from Lord, Lord Alcyon, the great central sun, located in Pleiades. Embrace these energies. They will lift you higher. See you in the light of the most radiant ones. Now, namaste. Blaze the violet fire. They're keeping it very simple these days. They are. They did not get into the dramas going on on the planet were being asked in a very strong language leave the matrix alone and it's fizzling itself out I can say with these tremendous energies pouring in there's been more solar flares today even up to right now and things are moving very much at quantum light speed because we're in that time where, um, like some Pleiadians say, this is going to change in the twinkling of an eye. And I don't exactly know how to describe that except to say it is about magic and quantum physics, the quantum field. And Lord Cryon knows a lot about this, and we do too as we ask the quantum field to talk to us. And it will. It's happening every day with the light coming in from the sun this monoatomic gold dust there's so so much magic around Christmas time you want to play that this at this time early um it's seven forty. it's 22 yeah you want to play it now uh what else I'm not that's what I'm asking you. I'm, yeah, I ah. just got to say, it's, you know, without bringing up how much intense um, 
20,000 people over the rainbow. I don't it's, even you know gotta how to... you got to double that because that... 40,000. Gentle spirit, that, that man said that there's as many under the rubble as there are that they have retrieved, you know, and counted. And the the picture is that just need to um, make a New Year's resolution to leave the violence behind. Yes. All the way. Human life, the value of human being. All we are saying is give peace a chance. I'm just in, I'm enjoying listening to music a lot. And Andrew Bocelli here, he's, this was from last year, 16th last year, but they're playing it again too. And he's got his whole family with him, his mother, his wife, his daughter, and a couple of friends, couples, close couple of friends. <laughs> what can I say it's just time to sing mm -hmm. and uh, yes I'll just read the front part of this from we'll finish it at the end but I'll just read the front part of it anyway from uh, Aurora Ray the great 5D shift offers humanity an unprecedented opportunity to co-create a world of peace, harmony, and abundance for all we are, for, for all. We are all drops in the same ocean, mm -hmm. unique expressions of the same divine source. The more we embrace oneness, the more heaven manifests on earth. The time is now to spread light mm -hmm. and love to all we encounter. The revolution of light is upon us now. Oh. Yes. I know that the astrology for 2024, we can do a lot with that energy. It's Yes. Moving forward, very positive. Jupiter and Venus are all through to April, at least, mm -hmm. dancing with each other. And there's a bit of Mars there, but that's the I am presence, strong will, very, you know, with, with divine will, you might say. Uh And I, again, accountability is going to be heard in our ears when we play Amy this evening. It is a very intense story. And um, what is being said you know, I um, not in our name that's how I can put it. Genocide. Simple. That's what's going on. 
And um, that's where God is in these seraphim, sephiroth, and other beings get to step in and place violet fire. That's why there is tremendous light pouring in and the darkness can't stand that light. It makes them very uncomfortable and um, that is what it is. That's that's um we know that it's done and there are some steps along the way and um we're in it. <laughs> so I guess I'll read a little bit of Aurora Ray, that's what I will do. Living in alignment, she says. Heaven on earth, simple, simple tips for a smooth 5D shift. As we shift into higher dimensional frequencies, it becomes even more important to live in alignment with our soul's purpose and intuition. This means following our inner guidance rather than the mind or the ego. As we are aligned... We are tuned in to our higher self and the messages it is constantly sending us. This allows divine timing and synchronicity to flow. As we feel called to take inspired action, the universe will support us. Yet as we try to force things from our ego, Mm -hmm. the flow breaks down. Living in alignment means moving away from fear-based thinking and into trust. As we get, as we let go of control agendas, we open to being conduits for spirits to work through us. Our work becomes soul-driven rather than ego-driven. Everything we do stems from our inner truth. To live in alignment, make a conscious effort to listen within before making decisions, check in with your intuition frequently. Seek signs, synchronicities, and symbolism to confirm you are on the right track. Be willing to change course as your soul nudges you in a a new direction. When aligned, your thoughts, words, and actions will feel peaceful and in sync. You'll experience greater clarity, enthusiasm, motivation, and purpose. Doors will open while unnecessary distractions fade away. Your life will feel more magical, flowing, and guided. Okay, Mm. so now let's play this. Okay. This is also Aurora Ray. She has a narrator. I bet she'll have some more to fill in here. Light winds are space friends helping out in the big shift. Oh, wonderful. The emergence of higher consciousness. A new dawn for humanity 
People everywhere can feel that big changes are happening around the world right now. While major events and movements seem to disrupt the status quo, there is also a growing sense that humanity is truly transforming, like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. It's as if the Earth itself is undergoing a metamorphic shift. Many describe this time as a turning point in human history. Old patterns and paradigms no longer serve us. We are being called to shift towards greater unity, peace, and connection with each other and the planet. What exactly will this new chapter in humanity's story look like? Yet beyond the chaos, many sense the emergence of a new understanding that we share a profound interconnectedness with all life on Earth. Amidst the unknown, we would do well to remain open and curious. This time of global change will produce something beautiful we cannot yet imagine. If we embrace this transition with compassion for ourselves and others, we may look back on these disruptive times as the pains of birthing a new world. The Great Shift For millennia, ancient cultures and indigenous traditions have prophesied a monumental shift in human consciousness. This great shift, as it is often called, represents a transition from the fear-based consciousness that has dominated humanity into a new era of unity, peace, and heightened perception. According to many spiritual teachers, the great shift involves a dimensional split between densities of consciousness. Those vibrating at lower frequencies may continue to experience reality through a lens of fear, hostility, and disconnection. But those awakening to the higher frequencies will shift into an ascended five state, characterized by the values of the heart, love, peace, and unity with all life. This shift is already underway. We see it in the crumbling of outdated power structures, the questioning of established truths, and the coming together of social movements. The great shift can also be felt within us in moments when our perception expands and we get a glimpse of the world as an interconnected web underlaid with divine intelligence. While the great shift may seem overwhelming, we do not need to fear it. The prophecies say we chose to incarnate at this special time to aid the planet's evolution. By raising our own consciousness and anchoring light, we collectively midwife humanity's transition into a new state of being. Extraterrestrial assistance. As Earth undergoes this great transformation, we are not alone. Advanced civilizations from the Galactic Federation have come to assist in this process. While they largely remain concealed from the view of most individuals currently, their subtle influence directs us towards ascension. The Pleiadians, wise light beings from the star cluster of the Pleiades, send us wisdom and light codes to awaken our consciousness. With their compassionate hearts, they lead us to higher states of being. Arcturian healers from Arcturus work on healing the planet and its inhabitants. Using advanced energetic techniques, they clear blockages and repair damaged systems across our world. Their calming energy brings peace. The Pleiadians and Arcturians are joined by many other positive races. Syrians, Andromedans, Venusians, and more. Each lends their unique gifts to lift up humanity and Gaia during this transition. Though most people may not see their ships in the sky, 
Every one of us can feel their loving presence in our hearts. We do not walk alone. Invisible hands guide us forward. Soon, as we raise our vibration, we will meet our cosmic family face to face, ready to join the galactic community. The victory of light. There has been a long battle taking place in the unseen realms between forces of light and forces of darkness. The earth has been dominated by service to self energies and an elite cabal that has sought control and domination. However, there has been an energetic shift happening, allowing the light to gain victory over these dark forces. Many sensitive souls have felt the toll of the spiritual warfare taking place, but now the tide has turned in favor of the light, enabling truth, harmony, and higher consciousness to prevail. This can be seen in the exposing of corruption, the breakdown of old paradigms, and the rapid awakening of humanity to its divine nature and creative potential. A wave of light and love is spreading, empowering people to overcome fear and choose unity. The victory of the light signifies that Earth is ascending into a new five timeline of peace, compassion, and cooperation. All those who have worked for the light have assisted in this great triumph occurring in divine timing. The old matrix of control is crumbling and a new world is being born. There will still be challenges ahead, but the power of light and love is rising on earth and transforming all life here. We love you dearly. We are here with you. We are your family of light. We are the Galactic Federation. Aho. This is a message to humanity from Aurora Ray, Ambassador of the Galactic Federation. Five words. <laughs> okay. We're just getting to the close moment and we'll take a little break in just another moment, but maybe I'll read <clears throat> another section of Aurora Ray before we sign off. We've got a few more minutes. So this is the second section. It says, uh, here we go. It says embracing oneness. We keep on saying that one. <laughs> Embrace the oneness, yep. We are all connected. Though we may appear separate in our physical forms, at our core, we are one. We are all drops in the same ocean unique expressions of the same divine source. As we embrace oneness, we transcend the illusion of separation. We remember that we are all brothers and sisters, diverse yet united. Though we each have our own journey, our souls are intricately interwoven. As we come from a place of oneness, we act with compassion we see our shared, our shared divinity in others, even those who appear different from us. Embracing oneness requires us to release judgment and see with eyes of love. As we remember what we are all, that we are all one, we naturally treat others with kindness, empathy, and respect. We realize that what we do to another, we do to ourselves. 
Harming others only breeds more harm. As we shift to higher dimensional frequencies, it becomes easier to perceive the threads of unity that weave through life. Duality fades away. Wholeness emerges. We understand ourselves as facets of the same diamond, each reflecting the light in our own unique way. We celebrate differences, knowing they add beauty and richness to the whole. The more we embrace the oneness, the more heaven manifests on earth. As we awaken to our shared identity, we co-create a world of peace, of harmony, of abundance for all. And so it is. So Rama, how about we uh, we uh, learn the uh, phone numbers? Um, seven two zero seven one six seven three zero one, and the pin code is three five three eight six three pound. How about one more time, Rama? Seven two zero seven one six seven three zero one. And the pin code is three five three eight six three pound. All righty. So we'll go there now, and we'll be back at the top of the next hour, right back here at BBS Radio. So we'll see you there, everyone. Namaste. Sugar. 
Precious Art, thank you for joining us for our weekly vlog. The infinite power of the violet flame is what our Father, Mother, God, and the company of heaven are inspiring us to focus on today and tomorrow, which are the final two days of the 40-day process we have been experiencing. During these 40 days, we have been gradually assimilating the light 
from the system of worlds beyond our galaxy. As we discussed in blogs 347 and 348, the system of worlds beyond our galaxy is known as our grand central sun. And the solar logos of that system are known as Sanat and Luz. Our grand central sun is responsible for 12 systems exactly like our galaxy. That means that our grand central sun consists of 12 great, great central suns, 144 great central suns, 1,728 central suns, 20,736 physical suns, and 248,832 planets. The 40-day assimilation of light we are experiencing has been building in momentum since November 11th, 2023, when our galaxy was breathed through the 11-11-11 portal into the full embrace of our grand central sun. This 40-day assimilation process will be brought to fruition on the December 21st solstice. Once this facet of our divine plan is God victoriously accomplished, the infinite light and the full divine momentum of all of our sisters and brothers in the system of our grand central sun will be available to assist Mother Earth and all life evolving upon her in ways we have never before experienced. The company of heaven said this assistance from our grand central sun will help humanity the elemental kingdom and mother earth in ways that will seem miraculous during the remaining ascension process, you and I and the rest of awakening humanity have been preparing to co-create for myriad lifetimes. This accelerated assistance will begin with the birth of the new year 2024. Today and tomorrow, however, through an incredible act of divine grace, our Father, Mother, God have granted our sisters and brothers and all of the beings of light associated with our grand central sun permission to intervene early and to join us in greatly amplifying an activity of the violet flame that awakening humanity has been invoking for decades. This activity of the violet flame has been building in momentum day by day with every breath we take. Now, with the divine intervention of our sisters and brothers from beyond our galaxy, we are being told by the company of heaven that as we invoke this activity of light, the violet flame will be empowered in monumental ways that will clear the way for the victory of the December solstice and the miracles we will co-create 
in 2024. The violet flame of God's infinite perfection is the perfect balance of the outbreath of our Father God, which pulsates as a sapphire blue flame of divine will, power, and protection. And the in-breath of our Mother God, which pulsates as a crystalline pink flame of comprehensive divine love, oneness, and reverence for all life. When the out-breath and the in-breath of our Father Mother God merge into one rhythmic pulsation, a violet flame of unfathomable power and might is birthed into existence. This sacred gift of violet fire has the ability to transmute into light every malady existing on earth and every electron of energy humanity has ever misqualified in any time frame or dimension, both known and unknown. I know from the consciousness of our finite minds that seems too good to be true. But the beings of light said that statement does not even begin to reveal the incomparable assistance contained within this gift of the violet flame from our Father Mother God. A few decades ago, in order to have a unified invocation for the violet flame of God's infinite perfection that will build in momentum every time it, we use it. Humanity's collective I am presence and the beings of light in the realms of illumined truth co-created the following activity of light. Today, our sisters and brothers from the system of our grand central sun will join us as we expand this activity of light exponentially. If you have the heart call to do so, please join with us now by going within to the divinity of your heart flame. As we greatly amplify this invocation through the full power of our attention and our divine intentions. I am my I am presence and I am one with the I am presence of all humanity. As one breath, one voice, one heartbeat, and one energy, vibration, and consciousness of pure divine love, we invoke the most intensified frequencies of the fifth dimensional crystalline solar violet flame that cosmic law will allow. We invoke our sisters and brothers from the system of our grand central sun and all of the beings of light and the violet flame archangels that have been assisting us with this activity of light for decades. Beloved ones, come forth now. We ask that you blaze, blaze, blaze 
this fifth dimensional crystalline solar violet flame with a power and might of a thousand suns in, through, and around every thought, feeling, word, action, memory, and belief that humanity has ever expressed in any time frame or dimension, both known and unknown, that is reflecting anything less than the immaculate concept of the new fifth dimensional solar earth. Transmute this energy, cause, core, effect, record and memory back into its original perfection and seal it in an invincible force field of God's infinite light. Beloved ones, we now intensify this activity of light and project the greatly amplified violet flame with a power and might of a thousand suns into the specific human miscreations that are surfacing all over the earth to be healed and transmuted back into light. Beloved legions of light, blaze the violet flame through the thoughts, feelings, words, actions, memories, and beliefs of every man, woman, and child evolving on earth until every person individually acknowledges and accepts the divinity within all life and every expression made by humanity is a healing benediction to every particle and wave of life on this blessed planet. Blaze the violet flame through all incoming babies, the children, their parents and guardians, until all youth are raised up in energy, vibration and consciousness to carry out the directives of their I am presence and the fulfillment of their divine plan. Blaze the violet flame through all youth centers and activities, all schools, colleges and universities, all teachers, professors and students in every line of endeavor until the flame of God illumination and enlightenment is manifest and eternally sustained within the heart and mind of every student and every one of their instructors. Blaze the violet flame through all religious and spiritual teachings so that divine love, truth, tolerance, oneness, and universal sisterhood and brotherhood will become a manifest reality. Blaze the violet flame through all doctors, nurses, healers, hospitals, insurance companies, pharmaceutical conglomerates, 
and every institution associating with healing of any kind until divine mercy, compassion, and healing are tangible realities for every evolving soul. Blaze the violet flame through all banking and financial institutions, all economic systems, all money and the people associated with monetary interactions of any kind until every person on earth is openly demonstrating true integrity, honesty, generosity, fairness, abundance, and the God supply of all good things. Blaze the violet flame through all places of incarceration and all employed there. Through every correctional institution, every law enforcement officer, and every judge, jury, and court of law until divine justice is manifest and eternally sustained. Blaze the violet flame through all of the governments of the world and every person, place, condition, and thing associated with the governments of the world at national, state, and local levels throughout this planet. Intensify this violet flame until every government is focusing on oneness, reverence for all life, and co-creating the highest good for all concerned in every single instance. Blaze the violet flame through all space activities throughout the world until every nation unites in cooperative service so that God's will may be manifest with our sisters and brothers throughout the universe. Blaze the violet flame through the physical, etheric, mental and emotional bodies of humanity until all diseases, all human miscreations, and their cause and core are dissolved, purified, and transmuted back into light. And humanity's earthly bodies are expressing vibrant health, eternal youth, and God's infinite physical perfection. Blaze the violet flame through the food and water industries and through all of the food and water used for human consumption until every particle of food and every molecule of water is filled with light. Empower this elemental substance to raise the vibratory action of humanity's physical, etheric, mental, and emotional bodies until physical perfection becomes a sustained, manifest reality for every human being. 
blaze the violet flame through every facet of life associated with the elemental kingdom and Mother Earth, including the earth, air, water, fire, and ether elements, until the entire elemental kingdom is restored to its original pristine beauty and living the life that God intended. Now, beloved ones, blaze the violet flame in through and around every remaining electron of precious life energy until the immaculate concept of the new fifth dimensional solar earth is tangibly manifest. Through the unified efforts of heaven and earth, the quantum shift within the fifth dimensional crystalline solar violet flame, which we have invoked this sacred and holy day, has been God victoriously accomplished, even as we call. We also accept and know that through our I am presence, this new frequency of the solar violet flame is increasing moment by moment with every breath we take. Through the grace of God, this acceleration will continue until humanity, the elemental kingdom and Mother Earth have completed our ascension into the fifth dimensional realms of crystalline light associated with the solar new Earth. And so it is. Beloved I am, beloved I am, beloved I am. Thank you, beloved ones. We are eternally grateful for your divine intervention and your willingness to assist us by adding to the light of the world in this momentous way. God bless you. Precious hearts, I wish you a glorious December solstice and new year. I look forward to being with you next week. Transmission.
your body, bone and blood. With your breath, feel the body from head to toe. On the in-breath, breathing in light from the universe around you. On the out-breath, releasing energy back to the universe. Energy that's old or stagnant or limiting or stuck or suppressed in you. Imagine that you can, on the in-breath, breathe light from the horizon, star light from the horizon. Filling every cell of the body with light. On the out breath, release other people's energy from your energy fields. On the out breath, release. Energy you have taken on from family, friends, lovers, bosses, colleagues, people in authority that you may look up to. On the out-breath, release. Anybody else's emotional energy. On the out-breath, release. Imagine on the in-breath you can breathe in pure light from the universe. On the out-breath you can release other people's emotional energy. Other people's anger. Imagine on the in-breath you can breathe in pure light from the universe around you. 360 degrees light, for light is everywhere. Light is everywhere. On the out-breath, release other people's mental energy from your body. Other people's thoughts, ideas, opinions, and attitudes, which is not yours. Release from the organs. Release from the energy system, the chakras. Other people's limitation or imposed limits that you somehow may have absorbed. On the out-breath, release, and on the in-breath, breathe in pure light. I 
invite your higher self to be here. Your higher self, your six-dimensional, multi-dimensional self to be here now. Just welcome that part of you, which is you, which is you. And a call to the east, the east, the direction of light, of sunrise, of air, of wind, east, of magic and healing. I call to Archangel Raphael of the East, come, be with us, join us for this solstice time, welcome. And if you wish to see this, this uh, being, you can imagine him as a golden robed angel from the East surrounded by an emerald green light. Raphael, Archangel of healers and magicians, magic and healing and transformation. Just take a moment to welcome that energy into your energy field of the East, of air, of mind, of magic, of healing. Archangel of the South, Archangel of Fire, Archangel of Will, of Celebration, of Summer, of Light the midday sun, Archangel Michael of the south, of fire, called you, come be with us this solstice, and if you wish to imagine this figure, do so as a red robed figure surrounded by an electric blue fire. Michael. Welcome. And just take a moment to allow the energy of this being to touch your energy fields, the energy of fire. This archangel is the great protector angel, protector of you and all the levels and all dimensions.
out the fire and now turn in your mind's eye to the west the direction of water the direction of water direction of oceans and rivers and rain the direction of dreams the direction of dreams the direction of emotions the direction of archangel gabriel Angel Gabriel, messenger angel. And if you wish to imagine this figure, you can do so by seeing a figure robed in blue-green and surrounded by diamond-white fire. Gabriel, messenger angel, come, we call to you this solstice, be with us. to allow the energy of the direction of water west to touch you of the room rising in energy and frequency as these three angelic forces are present. We call to the direction of north, the direction of earth and mountain and rock and structure. caves and crystals and deep veins of gold and other metals in the earth call to you Archangel Uriel come join us this solstice be with us now to imagine this angelic figure you can do so by imagining an angel robed in dark green black robes surrounded by ruby red fire Uriel Archangel of the North
spend a moment allowing the energy of the north of earth to touch you. To touch the bones and blood of the body and all of your energy fields. Angels surround you, your higher self by your side. The next angel is below energy of below, Archangel Sandalphon, below of Gaia, of all the plains of Gaia, the great angel of the crystal grid in the earth, the angel that connects us to the inner earth, inner earth, the realm of fairy and inner cities of light in the earth. Imagine a great crystal grid of light arising up from the earth of silver white fire. Silver white fire from the core of the earth itself, an ascending 5D force of light from the earth, crystal white fire from the earth rising up through the fire of the earth, through the rock of the earth, through the water of the earth, through the mud of the earth, through the soil of the earth, up to the room where you're sitting or lying. And crystal white fire begins to touch you through soles of feet, base of spine, or the back of your body if you're lying down. Crystal white fire and open to the fire of the earth, crystal white fire of the earth, so that every cell of your body can invite the fire in to dance. Fire in the bones, fire in the blood, fire in the organs, fire in the chakra system. This light begins to open your 12-dimensional chakra system, 12-chakra system, from earth star beneath the feet, chakras all the way up the spine, the higher heart in the upper chest, the well of dreams in the back of the head, base of neck and above the head three chakras open connecting you to your multi-dimensional nature crystal white fire pouring through your chakra system 
opening the inner channel. of the inner earth connecting to you, inner earth. Some of you, many of you have connections to the inner earth, other parts of you may be exploring these dimensions, inner earth. Just allow that energy to touch you through the crystal grid. If you have a connection there, you will know it as the crystal fire touches you. Igniting old memories, old energies, old abilities, inner earth. this fire is moving through your body, I call Archangel Metatron above, Archangel Metatron above, to bring down the grid from the central sun, the grid from the central sun, coming through our own sun down to the earth, down to the atmosphere, down to the sky, down to this room, begins to penetrate the building and the room a golden white fire from the central sun. And this fire descends now, touching your body, top of head if you're sitting upright, front of body if you're laying down on your back. Fire from the central sun begins to penetrate all the energy bodies opening the chakra, opening the inner channel of the 12 chakra system that connects you to your multi-dimensional nature. Feel yourself held in the fire of the earth and the fire of the central sun. And these lights, this energies are the two poles of the ascension system that's awakening planet Earth at this moment and all the beings on it. Light from the Earth, light from the Sun. Open to the light language from the Sun being downloaded. For those who have ears to hear or eyes to see, light language in the cells of the body. And feel the shift as I ask the angelic forces around to intensify the energy field. Feel the shift in the energy field around you as the light becomes more intense and it asks your higher self to open your nervous system to carry more light, to hold more light in your physical body 
more light in your etheric body, more light in all of your energy bodies. Adjusting you now to allow more light to flow through you and anywhere you are holding on to old, dense 3D energies. Give permission now for those to be released on the out-breath so that you may take more light in on the in-breath. Intensifying the field now. More light from the earth. More light from the central sun. Opening all the chakras along the spine to allow more light to penetrate into your body. And from there into all of your bodies. Emotional, mental, spiritual. Open. I call in the blessings of this solstice time, the blessings of this solstice 2016, blessings of the rising energies, the shifts on the planet, the shifts in your own energy field, the shifts in the reality on the planet, allowing more heaven on earth in your own personal space, more joy, more love, more unity consciousness, more opportunity, more possibility. open to more higher frequency it's staying with the shift of energy now as the field is adjusted even further, further adjustments to your own energy field. Allowing a harmonization of the chakra system, a rebalancing of each chakra, a respinning of each chakra, opening all the layers of the chakras all 12 systems, 12 chakra centers. Anywhere where a chakra is out of alignment, allow more light to spin that energy center. I'm feeling another shift now as the energy becomes in intensify it even more if you allow it in your energy field more light in the body more light in the bones these four angels around you and one above you one below you Raphael of the emerald green fire Michael, electric blue fire. Gabriel, diamond white fire. Uriel, ruby red fire. Metatron, 
the energy of the central sun, Sandalphon, the energy of the crystal grid in the earth. Open now to any one of these energies that call to you to allow that energy to pour into your body. East, Raphael. Emerald green. South, Michael, electric blue. Gabriel, west, diamond white. Uriel, north, ruby red. Sandalphon below, crystal fire. Metatron above, central sun energy. One of these energies now is now going to become closer to you. Use your intuition to allow one of these energies to invite one energy. The energy will choose you. You will not choose the energy. This energy is what you need to rebalance your energy field and empower it. One of these energies. Emerald green. Electric blue, diamond white, ruby red, crystal fire from the earth, solar light from the central sun. Choose one of these now and breathe this energy into every cell of your body so that you become pure fire in the physical body. Burning through any limitation in the physical body in the bones, the joints, in the blood, the organs, Breathe in light on the in-breath. Breathe out any lower 3D energies to that angelic fire on the out-breath. chakra system can open to more light from this angelic fire. Breathe in light to every chakra. Earth star beneath the feet. Any limitation there from your ancestral line you can release on the out-breath. And on the in-breath breathe in more light. Any family patterns they're held in the earth star chakra some 18 inches beneath the feet. Imagine this chakra is on fire now with this angelic fire. So you can release old family patterns to the angelic fire. 
base of spine, your connection to earth, your connection to your tribe on the earth, your connection to blood, your connection to money, to being on the earth, survival. Imagine breathing in light to this chakra and releasing anything there that doesn't belong to you. Sacral, breathing in fire, center of sensuality, sexuality, pleasure, joy, emotional energy, on the out breath releasing anything, on the in breath breathing in more pure light into this center, so the whole hara or womb area becomes enlivened with fire and cleansed with fire. Plexus, from center of power, personal power, personal identity, strength and will, your warrior energy moving forward, your ability to set boundaries, breathe in fire into this chakra, and the out breath release any fear or any sense of helplessness on the earth plane. Any aversion to standing your ground, release, breathe in pure light and fire into this chakra. Heart, breathe in light into the heart. the out breath release anywhere where you feel betrayed or you um, have a sense of distrust of life or reality or higher forces or of loved ones breathe out and release any energy of betrayal or distrust breathe in pure fire cleanse and enliven the heart chest a new chakra between the throat and heart the higher heart imagining opening this chakra breathe in angel fire to the upper chest breathe out anywhere that you feel limit limits you from expressing unconditional love in your reality Breathe in light to the throat that opens. Anywhere you feel your soul's truth or soul's path is blocked or limited, release this energy and breathe in pure angel fire. So the throat opens and you can express your soul's truth on the earth plane.
in fire, breathe out limitation, breathe in fire. And this chakra particularly is very active right now as people are awakening to their higher path. Release anyone else's energy blocking you. Release any energy from other lifetimes blocking you from expressing your soul's truth. Release any vows you may have taken to never shine your light or never express your truth because of what happened back then. Some other time, some other place, some other dimension. Release and breathe in. Angel fires the throat and opens the throat, cleans and enlivens it. Well of dreams in the back of the skull, where the skull meets the neck, opens. It's a higher chakra of manifestation. Opening now to those who are awakening. Breathe in fire to the back of the head, just below the skull. This center opens. Release the cobwebs, release the dust of the ages, release and breathe in fire and open your ability to manifest your path on the earth plane. Breathe in fire to the back of the head, open the center, allow more light to pour into it, release the cobwebs. Release the dust of the ages and open to your inner power and inner light. Breathe in light to your third eye. It opens center of the forehead and center of the center of the head opens. Breathe in fire clearing out any limitation for you to see the truth, for you to see in the inner planes, for your intuition, imagination to open, open, releasing any blocks or vows, blocking you from seeing your soul's light, seeing your path. So this center is cleansed and enlivened and opened. Breathe in light to the crown that opens your connection to source, your connection to your multi-dimensional nature opens top of the head. Breathe in angel fire to this chakra and cleanse it open it, clear it, release anywhere that you have connections to old spiritual masters or teachers or gurus or groups from this lifetime or any other, release from the crown. Breathe in angel fire and you become your own authority, your, your own light, your own light. 
above the head, the soul star, the soul star about uh, a foot above the head opens, soul star. The halo above the head opens, a great um, sphere of light above the head opens. Your connection to your Akashic record, soul record, opens. Breathe angel fire into this chakra. Anything old from other lifetimes that you can release from the Akashic records, give permission to burn, that angel fire can burn it, release it and clear it. Any old programs, any old vows or promises, any old imprints from other lifetimes that no longer serve you, release with fire, release. Imagine your inner library, all the old books can be burnt that no longer serve you, but the lessons can be retained. The old can be burnt, but the lessons and the higher learning can be retained. Allow fire to burn through your inner Akashic records, your inner library. Release the old. Release the old. Above that, another sphere of light opens, opens. This is your connection to the galactic center, central sun. All the star brothers and sisters, all the other dimensions you have been traveling through to get here. Just feel the connection with this center, all other higher dimensions, 5D and above that you have journeyed through come all the way down into this density of 3D, 4D, human, earth plane existence. Allow fire to just open and invigorate that center and connect you wherever you need to be connected to. Above that center, a universal center of light opens above your head, connecting you to the source of all things, connecting you to the source of all things, and allow fire to enter that chakra and open and invigorate it, remind you that you are one with source, that you are one with source, the source of all things, of all life, of all existence, of all reality, you are one with that force. adjustment in the field as the angelic forces around you begin to adjust your field to accommodate this light to release the old and accommodate the new feel the shift from the earth and sky 
its angelic forces and your own higher self and guides begin to work on your energy field, just adjusting, making adjustments so that all the energy fields are aligned with the physical body. Coming back into the physical body, aligned. All of you aligned with the physical body. Just feel this fire burning through every system and you can turn the energy of it down if you wish, the intensity of it down in your own energy field. And just allow this energy to just clear what needs to be cleared, open what needs to be opened, release what needs to be released. Connect what needs to be connected. this fire begins to gently recede remember to breathe remember to breathe as the energy field around you is adjusted and intensity is decreased decreased breathe into the body of bone and blood and allow that fire that energy that light to settle in you feel the inner channel open connecting you to heaven and earth the ascending light from the core of the earth, the descending light from the core of the central sun. Allow the inner channel to remain open, but just give permission for your energy fields to start to gently close around you. So whereas you're vastly expanded, now just bring it back gently. So you can bring back your light. Imagine giving permission for your light to come back to you so that you can hold more of your light in the body, which is really the true nature of ascension, more light in the body. And breathe, and just for now, releasing the angelic forces around you. From North, Uriel, releasing with thanks. Gabrielle, the West, releasing with thanks. And Michael, the South, releasing with thanks. And Raphael, the East, releasing with thanks. And just allowing the crystal grid to proceed, retaining the connection, but proceeding now seeding in intensity and the above energy, the descending force from Metatron, the central sun receding, still maintaining a connection but not so intense and allowing yourself to come back in consciousness fully back into the body with your breath, scan the body, feel the body, feel all of you back, connected, aligned back with the physical body and take your time Take your time breathing and absorbing.
We are all servants of peace. Greetings, Mother. In the light of the most radiant one. In the office of the Christ. And only in the office of the Christ. We invoke the loving energies of Saint Germain. And a violet flame. We ask at this time for the power of love of the highest form to come in to our hearts, to stay with all that is, to know beyond all question of a doubt who we are that we can and yes we shall overcome as one would say and may that which is unlike love cease and desist in any points on this beautiful planet inside out above and below to the left or to the right to be before us or behind us, be cleared, cleansed, and transmuted and transformed into the highest good of all concern to happen here and to now. Pass this talking stick to you, Mother. Mother, greetings. Greetings, children of rock. We are in a most magical moment with these energies pouring in. As you've been hearing this portal to the great central sun, grand central sun, It's all happening at this time. The great shift. This is the biggest show in the local solar system. Earth is ascending along with all of us. It's a very big deal. Every day, all the 
from the tiniest pixies to these archangels who take care of these portals, chakras of the planet, help us live, move, have our being in each moment as we can get over our stuff about life, the universe, and everything. This is a planet filled with diversity. It's part of the creation story. What's happening? Love is the answer. Kindness, compassion. It's a very big deal at this time. Overcomes the darkness. And let's say a day in the Sun is done. It's just what's happening in the day in the life of a planet. We could say, Mr. Steve, there, he did it all. What else is there to say except to blaze the violet fire? Work with these archangels that are coming in at this time to bless this planet. Mm. All the beings that are here, known and unknown, are stepping into the sunlight more and more each day. Embrace them as they embrace all of us with the light that comes from the sun. It's quite a magnificent time to be here because we're seeing the shift in spite of the noses on our face. <laughs> Love is in the air. It's about this return of the office of the Christ overcomes all the darkness. Wherever there may be 
a sense of a shadow within self flooded with this violet flame light. It changes everything and we better be on our way. It's so long. It's been a long one. It has. Mother, I'm just asking, are these ones ready to make their exit now? <sighs> ready or not, I know. I'm just asking, you know. Oh, we could say that it is in this particular moment. Mm. They are making their own exit, whether they're choosing it or not, because the light coming in, it's got to embrace it or it will... Hmm. Cook you from the inside out. Ouch. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's that intense. What is coming to Maybe you could do some sounds, Mother. I think that would help a lot. Could you do that just before you go?
Namaste, Mother. Namaste. And just give a moment here for Mother to be on her way and Rama to come back. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Rama. <laughs> I don't know where the time went, but we better jump into hyperdrive here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where did you go while you're getting democracy now up there? Mm. Um. Oh. I went to Taos Mountain. Oh. It is very cold. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a message? Lots of beings coming in. Emerald green beings, lots of purple and gold and silver, mm. platinum. Ooh. I just amazing beings coming in that are working with changing this story right got, now. Uh, we got lots of help. We got lots of help. Thank you. Thank you, Mother. Thank you. Yes. So are we doing the first of the whole? Or? The whole thing. Okay. And everybody... Blaze the violet fire through this whole situation here. Transmute, transmute, transmute. We can do this together. Blaze the violet fire. Here we Thank go. you, Amy, for your commitment to doing this work. is democracy now because of the war on Gaza and as a sign of mourning of the thousands of civilian murdered there the churches in the Holy Land decided to cancel all Christmas festivities Christmas has been cancelled we'll go to Bethlehem the birthplace of Jesus Christ Public Christmas festivities have been canceled in the occupied West Bank city as Israel intensifies its assault on Gaza and arrests thousands in the West Bank. We'll speak to a prominent Palestinian Christian theologian in Bethlehem. Then the United Nations Security Council is preparing to finally vote on a watered-down resolution on aid to Gaza after the United States repeatedly pushed for delays, even though the UN is warning more than half a million Palestinians, about a quarter of the population, face catastrophic hunger and starvation. It's quite shameful and disgraceful, to be honest, from the American administration to look the other side because they are complicit in this genocide. They have blood of Palestinian children uh, on their hands, admittedly. Uh, this is, in fact, another Nakba with frequent serious signals of a genocide unfolding before our eyes. Plus, we speak to Sonia Guadajara, Brazil's first ever Minister of Indigenous Peoples. 
And so now, we need to rebuild and strengthen public policies in health, education, fighting racism, and environmental racism, and being able to have more specific measures to reduce the emissions that are causing these changes. All that and more coming up. Welcome to Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. Palestinian officials report 390 people have been killed and more than 700 injured in Israeli strikes on Gaza over the past two days. In one of the latest attacks, an Israeli air raid killed four people, including Bassem Kaben, the director of the Israeli-controlled Karim Abu Salem border crossing, who'd been working to bring desperately needed aid into Gaza. This comes as the United Nations reports more than half a million Palestinians are starving amidst Israel's siege and unrelenting bombardment of the Gaza Strip. Arif Hussein is chief economist with the UN's World Food Program. In the world right now, there are about 130,000 people who are in catastrophic levels of hunger, meaning they are starving. In Gaza, more than half a million. That is four times more. And that is what makes this totally unprecedented. On Thursday, Hamas ruled out any more exchanges of captives until Israel agrees to a, quote, full cessation of aggression, unquote. Meanwhile, Israel has for the seventh time severed Gaza's phone and internet connections. The Committee to Protect Journalists reports more media workers have been killed in the first 10 weeks of Israel's assault on Gaza than have ever been killed in a single country over an entire year. CPJ said it was particularly concerned about a pattern of targeting journalists and their families by the Israeli military. On Thursday, scores of Al Jazeera staffers held protest at the network's headquarters in Doha, as well at the site of a school in Gaza, where camera operator Samar Abu Dhaka was killed in an Israeli drone strike. The same attack injured Al Jazeera Arabic's Gaza bureau chief, Wael Dadu, who lost his wife, his son, his daughter and grandson in another strike last month. A number of journalists rallied around him at the same time in Gaza as the journalists stood in the Doha studios and at the UN school that was bombed. Outside Al Jazeera's office in Amman, Jordan, dozens more rallied. This is Al Jazeera correspondent Tamar Al-Smadi. We stand here at Al Jazeera's office in Amman with a number of representatives from local Arab and international media institutions to highlight what Israel did in killing journalists, not just Samir Abu Dhaka, but more than 90 journalists in the Gaza Strip who were martyred due to Israeli airstrikes and deliberate targeting. Jordan's foreign minister, Ayman Safadi, has warned the failure of the UN Security Council to pass a resolution on Gaza will mean dangerous double standards as the U.S. delayed a vote on Thursday for the fourth day in a row. The U.S. delegation has indicated it would back a new resolution with watered-down language, which is set for a vote today. An earlier vetoed Security Council resolution called for a ceasefire. 
The U.S. vetoed that. Subsequent text called for a suspension of hostilities and ultimately now to urgent steps to allow safe and unhindered delivery of aid to Gaza's civilians. A Human Rights Watch investigation has found Meta's content moderation policies are increasingly silencing voices in support of Palestine on its Facebook and Instagram social media platforms. The 51-page report released this week by Human Rights Watch documents more than a thousand cases of meta censorship in 60 countries in what HRW calls, quote, a pattern of undue removal and suppression of protected speech, including peaceful expression and support of Palestine in public debate about Palestinian human rights, unquote. Here in New York, Thousands of protesters led by union organizers marched through the streets of Manhattan Thursday evening to demand a ceasefire and end to the influence of the powerful lobby group APAC, the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee. Protesters marched past APAC's offices holding banners displaying the hundreds of thousands of dollars in campaign contributions received by New York lawmakers Chuck Schumer, Kirsten Gillibrand and Hakeem Jeffries. Meanwhile, dozens of Israeli Jewish activists gathered for a vigil today outside the U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem, calling for a ceasefire and mourning the 20,000 Palestinians killed in Gaza. France is closing its embassy in Niger indefinitely amidst ongoing tensions between the two nations following the July military coup which ousted President Mohamed Bazoum. The French ambassador to Niger left in September. Around 150 French troops are departing Niger today, the last of the soldiers to leave since the withdrawal started in October. But the military junta has not ordered U.S. military bases to close where over 600 troops remain in the largely failed fight against jihadist groups. The Biden administration's approved two more permits for the Mountain Valley Pipeline, or MVP, which would carry two billion cubic feet of frack gas through Virginia and West Virginia. On Tuesday, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, FERC, granted MVP's request to increase its gas transportation rates after the company's estimated construction costs ballooned to over $6.6 billion, nearly double its initial projection. The FERC also granted MVP more time to complete work on a proposed 75-mile extension into North Carolina. Indigenous environmental activist Jason Crazy Bearkeck said in a statement, quote, FERC's decision to extend MVP Southgate Certificate of Public Need, which subjects our streams, rivers, and community members to seizing of land and irreversible pollution against our will with no proof of need, is a crime against us and future generations, they said. Millions of residents in Southern California remain under flood advisories today after some areas received a month's worth of precipitation in less than an hour in what meteorologists called a once-in-a-millennium rainfall event. This comes as forecasters are predicting a snowless Christmas holiday for parts of Canada and much of the U.S. East Coast and Midwest, with rain and record highs forecast in Chicago and Minneapolis. This month, climate scientists confirm... 2023 will officially be the hottest year on record with carbon dioxide levels in Earth's atmosphere at their highest level in about 14 million years. In Tacoma, Washington, a jury acquitted three police officers in the 2020 killing of 33-year-old Manuel Ellis, an unarmed black man. The officers violently arrested and beat him on the side of the road. He died while in handcuffs telling officers, I can't breathe. The Pierce County Medical Examiner 
ruled the cause of death was homicide from oxygen deprivation due to physical restraint. Following the verdict Thursday, community members took to the streets to demand justice for Manuel Ellis. This is organizer and incoming city council member, Jamaica Scott. We're not gonna sit here and cry. We're not gonna pout. We're not gonna let a not guilty verdict in a kangaroo court deter us from what we know to be righteous. A Washington Post investigation has found a Republican-led crackdown on alleged voter fraud has overwhelmingly targeted Democrats and people of color. The Post found Black and Latinx people made up more than 70% of defendants accused of voter fraud in states including Florida, Texas, and Ohio, with registered Democrats more than two and a half times as likely as Republicans to be prosecuted. So-called election integrity units in Virginia, Georgia, and Arkansas failed to obtain a single guilty verdict despite millions of dollars spent investigating alleged irregularities. In Michigan, former President Donald Trump personally pressured two Republican members of the Wayne County Board of Canvassers not to sign the certification of the 2020 presidential election after his loss to Joe Biden. That's according to the Detroit News, which reviewed audio of a November 17th, 2020 phone call in which Trump told the canvassers they'd look terrible if they signed the documents. After the call, the two officials tried but failed to rescind their votes to certify Biden's election win and filed legal affidavits saying they were pressured. Meanwhile, Trump's former attorney, Rudy Giuliani, filed for bankruptcy protection in New York Thursday, just a day after a federal judge ruled he must immediately pay the $148 million he owes to former Georgia election workers, Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss. Giuliani was found liable in August for defaming the African-American mother and daughter after he falsely accused them of committing fraud as they tallied ballots in Atlanta during the 2020 election, leading to a torrent of death threats against them from Trump supporters. In his Chapter 11 filing, Giuliani listed debts of up to half a billion dollars, including nearly $1 million in unpaid taxes. However, U.S. District Judge Beryl Howell remains skeptical, writing, quote, such claims of Giuliani's financial difficulties, no matter how many times repeated or publicly disseminated and duly reported in the media, are difficult to square with the fact that Giuliani affords a spokesperson who accompanied him daily to trial, the judge said. The Czech Republic will observe a national day of mourning Saturday as the country reels following its worst ever mass shooting. The gunman, believed to be 24-year-old student David Kozak, opened fire at Prague's Charles University Thursday, killing at least 14 people and wounding 25 others. He was confirmed dead at the scene. The shooter is also suspected of killing his father, earlier in the day before the rampage at the university. Video shows a group of students balanced precariously on a building's open ledge as they sought to escape the gunman. Kozak was reportedly inspired by recent mass shootings in Russia. This is a former student of Charles University, was visiting his mother, her mother, who lives next to the school at the time of the shooting. It looks like something unprecedented in the country, and I think everybody is completely shaken. For us, it's even worse because we're locals. And in California, 
A federal judge blocked a state law that would have banned carrying firearms in most public spaces less than two weeks before it was due to go into effect. Governor Gavin Newsom signed the law in September, which would bar guns in parks, playgrounds, medical facilities, places of worship, banks, and on public transportation, among other places. Judge Cormac Carney, who was appointed by former President George W. Bush, said the law was, quote, repugnant to the Second Amendment. California's Attorney General Rob Bonta is appealing the ruling. And those are some of the headlines. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. Christmas has been canceled in Bethlehem. As the death toll tops 20,000 in Gaza, we begin today's show in the occupied West Bank. Yes, in the city of Bethlehem, the birthplace of Jesus Christ. The Christmas season is normally a festive time in Bethlehem, but not this year, as church leaders have canceled public Christmas festivities, citing Israel's devastating attack on Gaza. This is the Reverend Isaac Munther, the Palestinian pastor of a landmark Lutheran church in Bethlehem. He addressed his congregation earlier this month in front of a nativity scene with the figure of Jesus Christ, in a kafia surrounded by rubble. Christmas is a ray of light and hope from the heart of pain and suffering. Christmas is the radiance of life from the heart of destruction and death. In Gaza, God is under the rubble. He's in the operating room. If Christ were to be born today, he would be born under the rubble. I invite you to see the image of Jesus and every child killed and pulled from under the rubble, and every child struggling for life in destroyed hospitals, and every child in incubators. Christmas celebrations are canceled this year, but Christmas itself is not and will not be canceled, for our hope cannot be canceled. That was the Reverend Isaac Munther, the Palestinian pastor of a landmark Lutheran church in Bethlehem. He spoke in front of a nativity scene with the figure of Christ surrounded by rubble, the baby Jesus. Earlier this week, Pope Francis accused Israel of committing terrorism in Gaza after an Israeli sniper shot dead two women, an elderly woman and her adult daughter who had tried to, tried to save her mother at a Catholic church in Gaza City where they had sought refuge. It was the Holy Family Parish Church. Politico reports Israel recently attacked a church and a convent in Gaza, even though congressional staffers in Washington had urged Israel to protect the religious sites and gave them the coordinates of the churches. We go now to Bethlehem, where we're joined by the Reverend Mitri Rahet, He's president of Dar al-Kalima University in Bethlehem, Palestinian Christian theologian who's authored many books, including Decolonizing Palestine, the Land, the People, the Bible. It's hard to say Merry Christmas to you, uh, Reverend Professor Dr. Mitri Rahab, um, but I will ask you how you're observing Christmas this year. Talk about Bethlehem. You know, it's a very sad Christmas. I don't think in my entire life uh, I experienced uh, so much sadness, but also so much anger about what's happening in Gaza. Um, as you said, the celebration, I mean, the festivities were canceled in Bethlehem. So you don't have Christmas lights. You don't have Christmas tree in Bethlehem. There are no tourists coming because of the war. Um, and the people are uh, not up for celebrations. 
because our people in Gaza, uh, but not only our people in Gaza, also our people in the West Bank, we here in the West Bank, uh, we experiencing uh, apartheid, uh, colonization by uh, Jewish settlers, uh, and um, you know the death tolls, uh, as you said, twenty thousand in Gaza, but also even in the West Bank in the hundreds, um, and also the, the the detainees, Palestinian detainees within these seventy five days in the West Bank are over three thousand. You have said that the story of Christmas, the story of the birth of Jesus, is more relevant now than ever, even though you will not be having festivities around this. Uh, correct, uh, because uh, the, the Christmas story actually is a Palestinian story par excellence. It talks about a family in Nazareth, in the north of Palestine, that is uh, ordered uh, by an imperial decree of the Romans uh, to evacuate to Bethlehem, to go there and register. And this is exactly what our people in Gaza has been experiencing these 75 days. Uh, it talks about uh, Mary, the pregnant woman, uh, on the run, uh, exactly like 50,000 uh, women uh, in Gaza who are actually displaced um, Jesus was born actually as a refugee. There was no place at the end for him to be born. So he was put uh, in a manger. And this is exactly what also the kids uh, that are coming to life these days in, in Gaza are experiencing. You know, uh, most of the hospitals are uh, damaged, uh, out of service. Um, and so uh, uh, there is no delivery places for all of these pregnant uh, women in Gaza. And then you have the, the bloodthirsty Herod that uh, ordered to kill the kids uh, in Bethlehem to stay in power. Uh, and in Gaza, over 8,000 kids, they have been murdered uh, for Netanyahu to stay in power. Uh, um, and, uh, and you have this uh, message that the angels declared here uh, glory to God in the highest peace on earth, which was actually a critique of the empire, uh, because glory uh, belongs to the Almighty and not to the mighty. And uh, the peace uh, that Jesus came to proclaim is not the peace, the Pax Romana, the peace that is based on subjugation uh, and military oppression, but on human dignity, equality, and justice. Uh, and this is actually what we call for. And I have to say, I find it uh, really a shame that uh, that in this season, where uh, every church uh, hears these words, peace on earth, that the United States is vetoing even a ceasefire. It's a shame. I wanted to ask you about this report in Politico. Congressional staff tried to protect Gazan churches by sending locations to Israel. That's the headline. Now, you're in Bethlehem in the occupied West Bank, and this is about Gaza. The Israeli military received and confirmed the coordinates of the church and covenant in Gaza, both of which aid groups say were later struck by rockets and snipers. Um, 
It goes on to say the Holy Family Church in Gaza was struck last weekend. The location of the church was included on a list of coordinates provided to the Israeli military by aid organizations and staffers on Capitol Hill in an effort to protect those sheltering there. We reported in the last few days, among others, about the mom, the elderly mother and her daughter um, who were sheltering at the Holy Family Church. This is what the Pope referred to when he talked about Israel engaging in terrorism. Um, first, the mom was hit, the daughter carries her, and then she's hit. This is Pope Francis speaking on his 87th birthday at the Vatican Sunday. Yes, and let us not forget our brothers and sisters suffering from war in Ukraine, Palestine, Israel, and other conflict zones. May the approach of Christmas strengthen our commitment to open paths of peace. I continue to receive from Gaza very serious and painful news. Unarmed civilians are being bombed and shot at. And this has even happened inside the Holy Family Parish compound where there are no terrorists, but families, children, and sick people with disabilities and nuns. A mother and her daughter, Miss Nahida Khalil Antan, and her daughter, Samar Kamal Antan, were killed and others wounded by the snipers as they went to the bathroom. The house of Mother Teresa's nuns was damaged. Their generator hit. Some say it's terrorism. It's war. Yes, it's war. It's terrorism. That is why scripture says that God stops war breaks bows and breaks spears. Let us pray to the Lord for peace. So that's the Pope speaking on his 87th birthday. Um, I want to go on with this political piece. Um, it says a church and a convent were struck in Gaza, listed among Christian facilities, congressional staffers had flagged to Israeli authorities for protection, according to a series of emails from October. The emails, which were obtained by Politico, show an increasingly frenzied back and forth between Catholic Relief Services, one of the largest Christian aid organizations in Gaza, and Senate staff over an effort to get a commitment from Israel to avoid targeting a number of buildings where its staff and civilians were sheltering, they would ultimately be attacked. Um, Reverend Mitri Raheb, your response. You know, uh, Israel have been attacking uh, churches, mosques, hospitals, schools, universities. Believe it or not, uh, 11 universities were destroyed in this war. Over 200 schools uh, were destroyed. Uh, most of the hospitals, except uh, nine, are out of service right now because of Israeli attacks on them. But let's come to the churches, you know. This is not the first attack that happened last uh, Saturday that the, that the poop, uh, talked about uh, because uh, the first attack on a Christian institutions happened to the Ahli Hospital, the so-called Baptist hospitals that belong actually to the Anglican Church. Uh, and then Israel uh, uh, had an airstrike on the Greek Orthodox Church, uh, St. Perfurius, uh, where they uh, destroyed fully the assembly hall of that church, uh, where 50 Christians uh, were having refuge uh, 20 were killed uh, and 14 were injured. Um, and then Israel destroyed a brand new state-of-the-art uh, Arab Orthodox uh, cultural and social uh, center. Uh, it costed $6 million. Uh, it was inaugurated just a few months ago, and it was made to rebels. It doesn't exist anymore. You cannot see it anymore. Uh, and then Israel attacked the Rosary Sister, 
another Catholic school. Uh, this last week they attacked and the Pope uh, spoke about it. Uh, um, actually a rehabilitation center uh, for children with disability that is run by the sisters of uh, Mother Teresa. Uh, and um, and they attacked again last week uh, the Ahli Hospital that is now almost out of service uh, beside the sniper killing uh, these uh, two, the older woman with her daughter within the uh, Holy Family compound. And you know what? When uh, some other parishioners in that compound wanted to go out to help them and to to save them, uh, Israel uh, uh, launched a missile on them, and ten uh, people from that uh, parish uh, were uh, injured in that uh, in that missile attack. I'm mean, on daily basis uh, in contact with with those two parishes uh, to see how they are doing, and I tell you. Uh, just a few hours ago, I received again another cry for help that that compound, the Holy Family compound, is surrounded by Israeli tanks and uh, Israeli snipers are all around on the rooftops of the neighboring buildings. Uh, and this is just two days before Christmas. These are the Christmas gifts of Israel for the Christian community in Gaza. And I fear that uh, this is the end uh, of the Christian presence in Gaza. And you know, the Christian presence in Gaza is a 2,000 years old presence. I mean, this these are not new converts. Uh, uh, Christianity came to Gaza already in the first century. And throughout the last 20 centuries, there was uh, a living Christian uh, work there. And actually, uh, an affluent uh, Christian community in Gaza uh, and I think uh, this uh, uh, this community is going to be extinct uh, because of uh, Israel war uh, on Gaza. Three percent of the Christian community in Gaza was murdered in these 75 days. Three percent. I wanted to play for you, uh, and we played this earlier in the week, the deputy mayor of Jerusalem, Fleur Hassan Hum, recently appearing on British news program LBC and claiming, in fact, there are no Christians in Gaza. Why is it necessary, it is reported, to start shooting, having snipers outside a church? I don't. I saw the reports this morning. Um, the church. There are no churches in Gaza, so I'm not quite sure where the report well, is, there, is, is talking a, there's about. There's a Catholic church in there, isn't there? That is. Yeah. Unfortunately, is, there are no Christians because they were dry, dro- driven, driven out by. Well, there are, respectfully, there are Christians because I spoke to an MP yesterday who has family members in the church who are Christians. Well, I don't uh, know what happened. I don't know who was attacked. I didn't see the report. So that's uh, the Jerusalem Deputy Mayor Fleur Hassan Nahum speaking on the British news program LBC. Um, Your response, Reverend? You know, I mean, we are unfortunately used uh, to Israeli lies uh, and fake news uh, uh, that they keep uh, spreading. You know, how they cannot know that there are uh, a Christian community in Gaza. I mean, uh, you, you spoke before that they got the coordinate of the two churches, uh, like they get also the coordinate of the hospitals. Um, and um, remember, these Christians every year uh, were applying for permits to come over Christmas to Bethlehem. 
So the Israeli authorities, they know everyone by name, by picture, by age, by gender. Uh, again, but these are the lies. And you know why Israel can do all of this? Because uh, they are impugned. Uh, nobody, because of the American veto, brings them actually and make them responsible for what they are doing. And now they actually are destroying all of Gaza. And guess who will pay for it? They will call uh, some Arab countries or Europe or others to rebuild Gaza. Once Israel is made responsible for its uh, its atrocities, they will stop doing that. Uh, and uh, for me as a pastor, I have to say, you know, imagine, imagine if a synagogue uh, was attacked and 20 Jewish worshippers in a synagogue were killed by an airstrike by any country. The whole Christian world will be in uproar. Unfortunately, we don't have that. We don't hear the Christian community actually doing much about the atrocity happening in Gaza today. Reverend Rahab, I wanted to ask you about um, your latest book, um, uh, Decolonizing Palestine, which challenges the weaponization of biblical texts to support the current settler colonial state of Israel. That's how it's described. And I was wondering if you could comment on some of the most um, adamant um, supporters of the Israeli military are U.S. evangelicals, and some of the fiercest critics are progressive Jews, like Jewish Voice for Peace. And if you could comment on both. Yes, uh, actually, in this book, uh, I try uh, to show that actually uh, the current state of Israel uh, in its occupation of the West Bank and Gaza uh, is actually a settler colonial project. And a settler colonial project means uh, uh, these are settlers that, that they come, in this case from Europe mainly, to settle permanently in, a, in another country, not to live with the native people, but to replace the native people and to drive them out of their own country. And to do that, they have to create a policing state uh, and they have to demonize uh, the native people as savage, uh, as terrorists, as backwards as human animals, as we are hearing uh, from Israeli uh, politicians right now. And actually, if you uh, heard uh, Netanyahu uh, when, 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 he, uh, when he said that the Israeli troops are entering Gaza that same day in October, late October, uh, he quoted uh, the Bible uh, and talked about Amalek. And that is from First Samuel chapter 15, verse 3 where God is uh, telling uh, Saul uh, to go and uh, extend the whole Amalek community, uh, not to spare man, woman, elderly, child, even ox and sheep. And so this is a call for genocide. Uh, and this is, again, a settler colonial uh, tool that was done in North America. It was done in South Africa. It was done in many other Country. So what happened in the United States 400 years ago to the Native Americans is happening to Palestinians today in Gaza. So this is what I'm talking about. And this weaponization of the weaponizing of the Bible by Christian Zionists 
is, is something that is for us very troublesome. You know, for us, uh, these Christian Zionists are actually anti-Semite because they don't love the Jewish people. They want all Jews to come to Palestine, according to their ideology, that two-thirds will be killed in a war and the last third will convert to Christianity. So basically, they are calling for the annihilation uh, of the Jewish people. But Netanyahu has no problem to share bed with them, not out of love, but to fulfill uh, selfish desires, so to say. And I'm so glad that actually uh, Netanyahu doesn't represent the whole Jewish people. You know, Judaism is very broad, like Christianity and Islam. It's a very broad religion. You have from the far right to the far left. Uh, and for me, uh, groups like Jewish Voices for Peace, not in my names, and many other groups that uh, I'm in contact with them, they are a sign of hope uh, that actually uh, together uh, as Jews, Muslims, and Christians uh, who are interested in equality and human dignity and justice so that both peoples can share the land and the three religions can live side by side. I think this is the vision that we are calling for. Reverend Mitri Rahm, we want to thank you for being with us. Reverend Mitri Rahm is the president of Dar al-Khalima University in Bethlehem, Palestinian Christian theologian who's authored many books, including Decolonizing Palestine, the Land, the People, the Bible. Coming up, the United Nations Security Council is preparing possibly to vote on a watered-down resolution on aid to Gaza after the U.S. repeatedly pushed for delays, even though the U.N. is warning more than half a million Palestinians, about a quarter of the population, face catastrophic hunger and starvation. Back in 20 seconds. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. The United Nations Security Council is preparing to vote on a watered-down resolution on aid to Gaza after the United States pushed for the vote to be delayed four times this week as Israel continued its massive assault on Gaza that's killed, at this point, over 20,000 Palestinians, reaching about the death of 1% of the Gazan population. Health officials in Gaza say at least 390 Palestinians have been killed over the last 48 hours. The United Nations is warning more than half a million Palestinians in Gaza, about a quarter of the population, face catastrophic hunger and starvation. We go now to Ahmed Aboufoul. He is a Gaza-born attorney who works as a legal research and advocacy officer at Al-Haq, the oldest Palestinian human rights organization. He recently wrote an article headlined, We Are Witnessing a Genocide Unfolding in Gaza. To stop it, the ICC prosecutor must apply the law without fear or favor. 
Ahmed is joining us from New York City. We welcome you to Democracy Now! When you use the term genocide, you are an international human rights lawyer. Explain exactly what you mean and why you believe this applies to Gaza, Ahmed Abafour. Thank you for having me, uh, first of all. Second of all, the, the word genocide is a legal term that is uh, um, specifically defined in international law, and uh, it's also a crime that has uh, elements. Once these elements are met, the crime is committed. And uh, as you know, this is a term that has not been used uh, um, a lot before in the context of Palestine, although the crime, we believe, it has been committed. So, for example, it happened in 1948. Uh, many would argue, and I agree, was an act of genocide. The only reason we didn't call it genocide then that we didn't have the concept of genocide had crystallized yet. We didn't have the genocide convention. We didn't have the definition. It was also uh, um, used in the context of Palestine in the Sabrina Shatila massacre. Uh, and this is the only time that the UN described the situation as genocide. Genocide in international law is uh, a crime, and it's defined when uh, um, there are certain underlying acts are being committed with a special intent to destroy in whole or in part a certain uh, uh, ethnic or re religious or political group. And in this case, uh, we believe the situation in Gaza is that of genocide. Usually in genocide, uh, the hardest thing to prove is the mental element and the special intent to commit genocide. And in order to prove that, courts usually recourse to statements of the perpetrators. In this particular situation, we have numerous statements of genocidal intent that are also being translated into actions on the ground. We see the level of destruction, the disregard of, of uh, human life, the, in the words of Biden, the indiscriminate bombing of, uh, of civilians. And this is not only our uh, conclusion as Palestinian human rights organizations. As a matter of fact, 800 genocide and Holocaust scholars have also described the, the situation as genocide. Uh, and certain scholars describe it as a textbook uh, case of genocide. Now, Ahmed Abufoul, if you can talk personally about Gaza, about um, your homeland. You grew up in Gaza or were born in Gaza. In fact, your name, Ahmed Abufoul, didn't someone in your family by that same name just die? Well, uh, now over 60 of my family have died, including my, um, have been killed, to be accurate, uh, um, including my eldest uncle, some of my uh, cousins. Um, and like most Palestinians, we don't feel like we even have the luxury to grieve. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm considering the level of, of destruction and, and the, the horrific crimes that are being committed. Uh, it's really heartbreaking. We've always grew up to hear the stories of the Nakba. We, we've never imagined that we would live it. It happened in 1948 because it wasn't televised. The world didn't know what's going on in Palestine. But now it's it's quite disgraceful that it's, it's a televised carnage and the world is, is literally watching. Uh, you mentioned the Security Council uh, resolution that was watered down and will be voted on today. But if, if you look at this situation and if you look at, at the voting record, it's basically the U.S. versus the world. The U.S. is actually 
uh, promoting this genocide, supporting this genocide, I would never know. And most probably my family was killed by American weapons. Our children are being torn apart on TV, on your TV screens, by American tax money, by the support of the American government. The American government is complicit in this genocide. There is blood of Palestinian children on their hands. And that's why with our partners in the US, uh, um, with the Center for Constitutional Rights, and I know I know you interviewed uh, Katie Gallagher who spoke uh, more about this, but we're suing Biden um, and um, President Biden, but also Secretary of State um, Blinken and Secretary of Defense Austin, not only for their complicity in genocide, but also for the failure to prevent genocide. If there's any country in the world that can influence Israeli policies is uh, the, the U.S. And if, if you allow me, I, I mentioned that I come from a refugee family, so I'm not originally from Gaza. Like like over 75% of the population in Gaza are refugees. So when we say this is a second Nakba, it is a second Nakba. In, in 1948, over 80% of the Palestinian population were forcibly uh, displaced. Now we have over 90% of the population that is uh, displaced. We have uh, over 60% of Gaza's uh, residential units have been destroyed. Um, um, most of the population are on the edge of starvation. Uh, it's quite shameful, to be honest, that until this very moment, the U.S. cannot do the bare the, the bare minimum of human decency, which is calling for a ceasefire and trying to provide diplomatic coverage for for the genocide that is uh, unfolding in Gaza. So can you account for, on the one hand, you have President Biden uh, warning Israel about indiscriminate bombing. And on the other hand, you have the U.S. dragging its feet all week. Um, yesterday, we thought right after the show, I think 10 a.m., they were going to be voting. But now it is Friday. Four times this vote has been delayed. Uh, a resolution that will clearly not be for a ceasefire. Can you explain the significance of what difference does a U.N. Security Council resolution even make? Um, is it binding? What would it mean? And what it has been watered down to at this point today? Of course. Well, the Security Council resolutions are binding, although Israel has a history of, of, uh, of not respecting those resolutions. Uh, the U.S. has been trying to water down the language not to include clear call for an immediate ceasefire. Um, and at the same time, they, they, they call for uh, safe and unhindered humanitarian um, uh, supplies and humanitarian aid, but at the same time they don't call for a ceasefire. And quite strange formula from the U.S. on the one hand to want to want safe and unhindered humanitarian access, but without stopping the fire. So basically, it wants humanitarian uh, aid workers to to work under the hell that Israel unleashed on the Palestinian civilian population. And as you mentioned. Biden didn't only uh, warn the Israelis, he actually made a determination, and we agree with him. He said Israel is engaged in indiscriminate bombing. This is a war crime. So the question is, why do you then send weapons to Israel? The position of the U.S. is quite hypocritical, and the U.S. cannot claim uh, a leadership uh, in the world because it's not showing us uh, that leadership. Actions speak louder than words. The U.S., uh, or President Biden only yesterday uh, tweeted that um, the U.S. supports the right of the Palestinian people to self-determination. Two days before that, the U.S. voted against a resolution on the right of the Palestinian people to self-determination. So we don't want to see words. We want to see actions. And the hypocrisy of, of the U.S. is quite flattering. You know, 
principal leadership and true leadership is about the consistent application of international law, the principled application of international law on your foes and your allies alike. Hypocrisy, double standards and selectivity don't reflect characteristics of leadership, uh, but of, of complicity in, in genocide. And if you allow me, what's at stake at the moment is not only the dehumanization of the Palestinian people and the genocide that they're facing, but also the whole body of international law is being put to test. Because basically, uh, we saw how the West, and uh, led by the U.S., mobilized this body of international law in the case of Ukraine. But in the case of, of, of Gaza, they're preventing or failing to do the bare uh, minimum, which is called for uh, for a ceasefire. Uh, so I think what's also at, at stake uh, is the credibility uh, and, and, and the reputation of the U.S., which always portrays itself as a beacon of, of democracy, but in fact is showing us that it, it supports uh, uh, genocide. And what's also, I think, uh, interesting in this situation that it's also putting all of these uh, quote-unquote liberal democracies to test because all polls show that most Americans want the ceasefire, most uh, um, uh, Democrats uh, in Congress want the ceasefire, but there seems to be a disconnect between what the people want and what the what the U.S. leadership is, is doing. So we call in, on Biden and, and the um, Biden administration to listen to their people to listen to their people and do the bare minimum, which is calling for a ceasefire. Ahmed, I want to thank you so much for being with us. And also um, our condolences on the death of so many members of your family in Gaza. Ahmed Abufoul is Legal Research and Advocacy Officer at the Palestinian Human Rights Group, AHAC. We'll link to your piece. We're witnessing a genocide unfolding in Gaza. To stop it, the ICC prosecutor must apply the law without fear or favor. Coming up, we speak to Brazil's first ever Minister of Indigenous Peoples back in 20 seconds. To earn your care for centuries long past, for no more than your bread. I've for your country's encountered your dead and the factories and mills. In the shelter song here on Democracy Now! I'm Amy Goodman. We end today's show with Sonia Guadjajada. Brazil's first indigenous cabinet minister, country's first ever minister of indigenous peoples, took office a year ago to serve. President Luis Inácio Lula da Silva's administration. I spoke to her in Dubai at the UN Climate Summit and asked her to talk about the issues facing Brazil following the presidency of the far-right President Jair Bolsonaro, who led Brazil from 2019 to 2022. We're in a moment of transition, going back to democracy in Brazil, rebuilding the rights that were taken away from us in these past few years and strengthening actions and spaces for the participation of civil society in the federal government. And so now we need to rebuild and strengthen public policies in health, education, fighting racism, and environmental racism, and being able to have more specific measures to reduce the emissions that are causing these changes. Can you talk about what President Lula is doing right now when it comes to indigenous peoples' rights, when it comes to extractive industries, restoring the Amazon rainforest, ending deforestation in the Amazon by 2030? 
President Lula created the Ministry of Indigenous Peoples. For the first time in 55 years, our National Foundation of Indigenous Peoples has an Indigenous president. We're also running the Indigenous Peoples Health Services. This year's concrete actions were the removal of the invaders from the Yanomami territories, which significantly reduced deforestation in that territory. We also managed to get the illegal cattle ranchers out of the Apiterewa territory and of the Paracana people in the state of Pará. We've only 11 indigenous people demarcated in 10 years, and now eight indigenous lands have been recognized. So we're in the process of advancing with protection of indigenous peoples' rights and protecting these territories, which is important for reducing deforestation and achieving zero deforestation in the Amazon by 2030. Can you talk about the significance of the United States as historically the largest emitter of um, greenhouse gases? What difference it makes U.S. policy to the people of Brazil, to the indigenous people of Brazil, what would you like to most see the United States do or change? The United States needs to have more ambitious goals here in the climate discussions and also support those countries that need financial support to protect their forests, to protect their indigenous peoples and their traditional communities. It is necessary that the wealthiest countries, which emit the most, should help those countries that don't have sufficient resources to pay the bill in order to adopt specific concrete measures. Minister Guadalajara, how does it change things in Brazil to have your voice, the voice of indigenous people for the first time ever, included, uh, represented in the Brazilian government? Here at the climate conference, it's the first time that there is an indigenous minister. It is unprecedented. It is also the first time that an indigenous person headed up the Brazilian delegation. So I feel very honored to represent Minister Marina Silva here for these five days as head of the Brazilian delegation, speaking directly with the negotiators and participating directly in high-level discussions, playing a proactive role and bringing the voice, which is not only the voice of the indigenous peoples of Brazil, but the voice of the indigenous peoples worldwide. There are many indigenous peoples here, and it's been recognized that it's very important to have a ministry, to have a woman minister participating in this forum, making decisions. For us, this is historic. Can you talk about where you were born, where you grew up? I was born in Arariboia, an indigenous territory in the state of Maranhao in the Brazilian Amazon. It has several different Amazonian biomes, including the Cerrado. The Amazon is also coastal. When I was born, there were still many forests, and today one can notice the drastic change. 
We've lost more than 60% of our native plants in the forest. So climate change is not just a problem of the future. We're experiencing the consequences right now. And that is why we must proceed down this road by occupying these spaces, such as the ministry, and also stepping up commitments and accomplishment of goals. And can you also talk about what you're wearing? Now, normally, I don't ask a woman that question, but your headdress is so magnificent. Talk about the feathers, both um, on your head and also that are draped over your shoulders and your earrings. É, nós temos ainda, né, como usar... We continue to use our traditional clothing and other items, but we are at risk of not being able to use the accessories that mark our identities because of the climate crisis. We bring along our symbols of the people we bond to. And this also reflects how we live harmoniously with nature and how we use what is available to us. So we live with the forest, the animals, and the water, and we get from that everything we need, whether it's protected water to drink, food to eat, or the clothing we wear. Can you talk about violence against indigenous uh, environmental defenders. It's not only an issue in Brazil, but all over the world, the number of environmentalists like in Honduras, Berta Cáceres, who are being murdered. How is President Lula dealing with this? How does this need to be dealt with? We have just emerged from four years in which there was a major incentive for attacking indigenous peoples, invading their territories. There was an increase in violence that was quite considerable in these past few years. But now we're working with President Lula to fight that violence, together with the Ministry of Human Rights, together with the Ministry for Racial Equality and the Ministry of the Environment, because those attacks stemmed from land conflicts, invasion of territories, illegal logging, illegal prospecting. These are actions that we're now carrying out in a coordinated fashion with other ministries, the Ministry of Justice, with the Federal Police, with the Environmental Institute, Indigenous Affairs Institute, all working together to end violence in the territories and in the frontier areas. What is your message to indigenous peoples around the world and what do you want to see come out of this UN climate summit? For the indigenous peoples, we need to prepare for the road that we need to head down in order to reach COP30, which is going to be held in Belém in the Brazilian Amazon. We also need to prepare so that we can have a direct impact on the debates that unfold here at the COP. And oftentimes, we are not even close to it. It's very important that we indigenous peoples participate in these forums. And there's a group that is directly on top of this. So we are here so that indigenous peoples can have more space in decision making. And the general message is that we have little time left. The big leaders, government leaders need not only to take on commitments here, 
but also to understand that we are in a state of emergency. In order to emerge from that state of emergency, investment is needed, financing is needed, and protection so that we can all protect the planet. President Lula still has plans to do massive offshore oil drilling. As the first indigenous people's uh, minister, do you condemn this move? Are you weighing in on this? Do you support this? Look, in Brazil, we're at a moment of transition to clean energies as well. We're building that together. President Lula is committed to making that transition. And now we're using what is available to us, such as the wind and the water, so that we can emerge from the energy we're using today based on destruction, and so that we can have renewable energy that protects the peoples and that does not destroy the environment. Last question. Earlier this year, Ecuador voted to ban oil drilling in protected Amazon lands. Will you be pushing for Brazil to take similar steps? We're involved in that right now. President Lula is aware that we need to go forward with this transition and together with the Ministry of Environment, we're working to act together and more quickly so that the transition can take place. We urgently need renewable energy. Only with such a change will it be possible for us to overcome the emergency situation we find ourselves in today. That was Sonia Guajajara, Brazil's first indigenous cabinet minister, the country's first ever minister of indigenous peoples. I spoke to her in Dubai at the UN Climate Summit. On December 14th, Brazilian lawmakers overrode a veto by President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva in a move that could threaten land rights for indigenous people. The issue will be taken up by Brazil's Supreme Court. To see our full interview with her, a web exclusive at democracynow.org, go there. And that does it for our show. Tune in Monday for a Democracy Now! special, a tribute to blacklisted lyricist Yip Harburg, the man who put the rainbow in the Wizard of Oz. I'm Amy Goodman. This is another edition of Democracy Now! Happy Holidays. That's a good one. Watch Amy Goodman on Monday. That's a good Christmas one. Oh, yeah, somewhere over the rainbow. That's very long time ago that she put that one together. But mm-hmm. um, we're going to listen to some music tonight. And I'll just really quickly say it's a St. Thomas Christmas. Reflections of Gratitude is the title. And so this is a... Uh, this is a... a Uh, a, a, a wind, a, a symphony wind ensemble and string orchestra. And Matthew George is the conductor. So let's get started. From Orchestra Hall in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the University of St. Thomas presents a St. Thomas Christmas. Reflections of Gratitude. Funding is provided by Mary Agnes and Al McGuinn. 
of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota, the students in the musical ensembles have been preparing for their annual Christmas concert. St. Thomas Christmas concert has really become the flagship event for the university. It is a time where the community from St. Thomas and beyond comes together and celebrates the season and celebrates the absolute wonderful talent of our students. It's an opportunity to celebrate. It's also an opportunity for our students to celebrate a lot of hard work that they've done over many months. For the Christmas concert, students will get to perform on the stage of renowned Orchestra Hall in downtown Minneapolis. It's a completely surreal experience, and it's cool going from our little rehearsal space for choir into Orchestra Hall. I love being able to be challenged there's always that difficult piece that I have to be working on. We practice pretty intensely. St. Thomas is a liberal arts university where music is a tradition that hopes to inspire its students. I like how it is a smaller department, but with so much talent. It's very collaborative and everyone wants everyone else to succeed. And I think that's what makes the Christmas concert so special. We have some commissioned pieces that are very exciting for this concert. All of these pieces were composed by Jack Stamp, who's an internationally known composer. He wrote a piece called The Shepherd's Faith. It employs all forces that are on the stage, the choirs, the wind ensemble, and the orchestra. It's a very splashy, seasonal feeling piece, but a celebration piece. Christmas concert is one of the highlights of our year at St. Thomas. One thing that COVID underscored is that we expect more from higher education than simply conveying knowledge through a computer screen. So bringing students together from a whole bunch of academic disciplines to produce something uncannily beautiful for the Christmas season. Turning orchestra into symphonic Christmas concert is Reflections of Gratitude. The reason I really love playing is because I feel like we're giving back a way of saying thank you to like our community and also just thank you to St. Thomas and like everyone who supported us.
Rainbird, I need you to say something. Oh, did you get Rainbird? Yes, there yeah, she is. Rainbird. I have no words. I me mean, neither. That was so awesome. Thank you. Thank you for playing that. Holy cow. That's so fun. Yeah. Uh, we've got to thank that place uh, in um, in Minnesota. That, yeah. that that music school. Every year we play them, and they are just 
the best. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) It was a good evening. So I pass the talking stick to you while we're here at home. (laughs) (laughs) What do you got to say for yourself, Rob? Oh, I'm just uh, uh, kind of way out there with the music. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Well, like you say, Greenberg, uh, we'll see everyone this afternoon. We will have more music. It's going to be spectacular tomorrow as well. And there are some good things that we're going to play, too. Really good things for the time we're in right now. All things considered, love always wins. That's what I understand. Indeed so. May may peace prevail on earth, and may it begin with me. Until we meet again, everyone, thank you from all of our hearts that we got to hear this beautiful sound and send it out to the whole earth. Namaste for now. Aloha, everyone. Merry Christmas Eve. Namaste.